hope you've all been peaceful during the past week. Welcome back to Revelation Bible Study from Last Days Ministry here at WGM Church. Before we continue with today's study, let us begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him, and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's continue with chapter 9 in Revelation Bible Study. So far in our studies, we have entered into the depths of the tribulation. After the rapture of the saints, the wedding feast of the Lamb will continue for seven years in heaven, but here on earth, the tribulation pains of the Antichrist will begin. It will also be a period of persecution for the people of Israel. This is the time of Jacob's trouble, as spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Therefore, I pray that no one who hears this word today will enter into tribulation. The children of God who have truly received Jesus Christ and have been born again by the Holy Spirit will never remain on the earth. When the Lord comes, all of God's children are taken away, and as the Lord said in John 10.10, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Those who have become sheep and have Jesus Christ as their shepherd will hear and all go up when the Lord appears from heaven and takes them and calls them by name. However, if there are still people who have not been saved, they will fall into tribulation and suffer tremendously. Now we will see events that will occur when the sixth trumpet is sounded. These words will surely come true, and surely come true literally and never symbolic. And these words are not obscured, but they are truly revealed unto us. These words are not implied. They are completely open. They are completely revealed. The angel Gabriel appeared to Daniel and told him to seal the words, but the Lord who appeared to John revealed the word and told him to open it. Therefore, as the Lord says, when the Holy Spirit comes to this earth, he will guide you into all truth give you understanding and make you aware of things to come. The future is not about knowing good or bad things will happen while we live on this earth for just a few decades. 
But what will happen when the Lord and Savior comes? What will happen when Jesus Christ, the truly blessed hope, comes? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Those who focus on the coming of the Lord will never become discouraged because of worldly affairs. The Bible says, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Therefore, remembering these words today, even in the midst of hardships, I hope that you will all be steadfast in these words, trusting that everything will be resolved when the Lord comes. These are words of terror to unbelievers, but words of hope to those who believe. In the old days of Noah, rain was disaster for others, but it's but it was blessing for Noah's family. When the door of the ark opened 150 days after the rain stopped, only Noah's family existed on this earth. So likewise in Sodom and Gomorrah, only Lot and his two daughters were saved. So it will be like this in the end. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. This is what Jesus said. I hope that you will all be believers. Now let's start from verse 13 and see what will happen when the sixth trumpet is sounded. These are things that must happen. Revelation 9 verse 13. And the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river of Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour, and a day, and a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand. And I heard the number of them. This text is about events that will take place toward the end of the tribulation. Until now, forestry, sea life, Water, sun, stars, moon. The third of the all creatures have been environmentally affected. But now it is devastating catastrophe that will kill one-third of world population. In Revelation 6, verse 8, we saw a scene where a quarter of the earth had already died before this army appeared. Of the remaining three quarters, here again, the third, one-third die. So half of the population is now dead. Now, if our current population of the world is 7.8 billion and half of it, 3.9 billion, die, who's going to bury them and who's going to hold the funeral for all the dead people? It is horrifying. However, this does not apply to those who believe in Jesus Christ and are saved. By this time around, there is no such thing as the church left on the earth. There may be buildings, but no Christians no true Christians will remain as they have all gone up. That is why God pours out indefinite amount of disasters globally. He took out Lot long ago and then brought down the brimstone fire in Sodom and Gomorrah, did he not? Also, after closing the door of the ark, God sent in torrential amount of rain during the days of Noah. It will be like this during the tribulation. After all the saints are raptured, these calamities will come upon the earth, so those who believe in the Lord and are saved do not need to be afraid. 
However, the unbelieving parents, siblings, relatives, acquaintances, and friends still say, "What do you mean I am a sinner?" When we see people who say they believe in themselves rather than God, we have to share the gospel with these people with pity. We must preach the gospel tearfully; otherwise, you will go up to heaven and shed a lot of tears. Now here comes the two hundred million armies of Satan's cavalry, cavalry from the east. They also appear in Revelation sixteen twelve. It is the same event. This army crosses the Euphrates River from east to west into the land of Palestine, and their time is set for a certain year, month, day, and the hour. This is also mentioned in Daniel chapter seven verse twelve. It ends in one day. It is the day of Jehovah, the day of the Lord. Let's see what these horse riders look like from、um, verse seventeen. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, and by the smoke, and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. This cavalry is actually、uh, superhuman beings. These are the monstrous locusts from earlier in the chapter. They are jumping out of the depths of hell. They harbor fire, brimstone, and、uh, brimstone and smoke. These are like the half beast and half human mythical centaurs of Greek mythology. Such monstrous beasts and demonic beings rising up from hell. Einstein once said a nuclear warfare could wipe out one third of the world. Uh, world population back when we had 2.2 billion. So if a nuclear warfare can kill a third of the world population, how many people will these demonic hordes come up from hell to kill? This is a vicious cavalry commanded by Satan and is coming to annihilate Israel. Hitler once tried to annihilate Israel, but now instead of the German army. These demonic armies are rising up from hell to decimate Israel. This is the time of Jacob's trouble. This is the last time to refine Israel, and only those who repent will survive. Revelation nine twenty. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood. Which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Even these days, it is difficult to find people who repent to God when natural disasters occur. Rather, there are many who curse at the sky. Don't you think? Saying God is love. How can this happen? How can this be? In times of tribulation, greater calamities will come. 
People will not repent and worship idols more and will not repent of murder, sorceries, fornication, and theft that God hates. The Bible says the wicked will become more wicked and the righteous will become more righteous. Here people continue to worship idols of gold, silver, brass, and stone, and wood. What contains these precious metals and stones? Automobiles, smart devices, homes, skyscrapers, buildings, millions of products of various functions and sizes people use throughout the world on daily basis. The world will continue to serve the material civilization, serving material things instead of serving God. They will say, let's find stability without God. Let us unite the race. Let us unite all religions. However, they will not know that God has brought disaster upon them. Even now, the world continues to be evil, dark, and harsh. But do not know how to repent. Therefore, how lawless will it be when there will be no believers left on earth? Still, America is somewhat okay for now as a nation founded, founded by the Puritans. It's Sodom and Gomorrah, but still a country that respects human rights. It has gotten worse lately and will get worse as time goes on. But it is still better than other communist nations. However, if all Christians go up, America also will completely become a land of lawlessness. Just as old Western movies such as Fistful of Dollars show a good depiction of outlaws running the West, America also will be a nation where actual outlaws will run rampant. Verse 21 mentions murder, sorcery, fornication, and theft. The word sorceries here equates to the word pharmacy. Pharmacy is a science, is the science and practice of discovering, producing, preparing, dispensing, and reviewing medications. The word is de- derived from uh, Greek word pharmakia. Sorcery is the use of drugs. Drug abuse is rampant. Drugs are problematic no matter where you go in the world. Even God's children suffer from drugs. By then, there will be huge number of drug addicts, sorceries. How easy, how easy has it become to obtain pharmaceuticals these days? Sorceries are drug abuse. Worship is shown in verse 20. Worship means to bow down, right? It is an interesting word. Anywhere in the New Testament, when it says worship, it is a form of uh, a form of worship in which a person bends over and kisses something could be a hand or feet when the lord was resurrected women took hold of his feet and worshiped him they kissed his feet psalm 2:12 says kiss the son lest he be angry so to worship means to kiss during baal worship people were told to kiss the calf God said this to Elijah in 1 Kings 19.18, Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So remember, kissing is worship. But do you worship God or do you worship the devil? 
Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus by kissing him. The signal of the Antichrist will be a kiss in the future. Even now, wherever the Pope goes, many people kiss his hand. Kissing is worship. And God is clearly prophesying here in the era of worshiping other things. Now it's time for a short break after sixth trumpet has been sounded. There was a brief silence in chapter 8 as well. There was a bit of a bit of a break during the unsealing. In the midst of tribulation, there is a short pause. Let us continue with chapter 10. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it wore the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Clouds are usually associated with Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus is coming on the clouds of heaven. Also, when Jesus ascended into heaven, cloud covered him so he could no longer be seen. The one here is undoubtedly the angel who appeared in Revelation 1.14. And this angel is the angel of the Lord. And this angel of the Lord speaks of the appearance of Jesus Christ. The angels of the Lord appeared in the Old Testament. The judge Gideon thought he was going to die for seeing the angel of God face to, say, uh, face to face, but he didn't. It is the manifestation of God through an angel, not an angel just carrying a message. When God appears, we can see him appearing in the form of an, an, an angel. And he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot up on the sea and his left foot on the earth revelation chapter 5 verse 5 says jesus christ is the lion of the tribe of judah sometime before the tribulation ends jesus christ will appear the bible teaches that jesus christ himself will personally appear to the people of israel and one day this israel will be born again and the nation bears fruit just as a woman in childbirth gives birth to a male child. This is written in Isaiah 66. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such things? Shall the earth be made to brought forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Just as Jesus Christ was born as a boy in birthing pain. The Bible says the children of Israel will be reborn as soon as Israel, a woman, is in labor during the tribulation. In the Bible, there is a book called Book of Job. The Book of Job is very mysterious and is another type of tribulation. Of the seven-year tribulation, there is greater suffering in the second half of three and a half years of tribulation. Three and a half years equal to 42 months. The book of Job has 42 chapters. Job is a typical example of the people of Israel who suffered during the tribulation. So the persecutor is persecuted for no reason. Job lived in Edom, south of the Dead Sea. In the end, he suffers for 42 chapters. However, he is blessed in his final years. When the people of Israel repent 
and the Lord's coming in the future, they will all receive blessings and be restored in the millennial kingdom. That is why Jesus specifically taught his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord uh, gave Job twice as much as he had before. The turning of captivity here refers to the restoration of Israel in the land of Palestine. And we can see that Israel is being persecuted just as Job was persecuted by Satan. In the 42 chapters of the book of Job, the Lord appears to Job in the 30th, 38th chapter. As, it, as if referring to 38 months in the midst of tribulation. This is the scene where the Lord appears at the end of the tribulation. This can be seen for um, four months before the end of the tribulation. And this can also be seen from the scene that appears in the Revelation chapter 10. So he appears in the form of an angel. Let's continue with verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted, lifted up his hand to heaven. It is Jesus Christ putting one foot on the land of Palestine and the other on the Mediterranean Sea. Amazing, isn't it? This isn't like Jesus at his first coming. Palestine is God's land. It sits between the three lands God gave to Shem, Ham, and Japheth. All countries in the world originate from this region. It is historically evident that the white, black, and Asian people spread from Noah's three sons. Let's continue to study the scene where the seventh trumpet is sounded and the bride of Christ appears. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that are that therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. Revelation chapter 10 verse 7 and Revelation 11 verse 15 speak of Christ Jesus coming to earth literally and physically and also visibly to take over the kingdoms of the world. Since 4000 BC, Jesus Christ has never taken over the kingdoms of this world. 4,000 years have passed until the first coming of the Lord, but Jesus has never come to take this earth in this form. When the seventh angel utters his voice, he announces that all things, all these things, will come to pass. It is mysterious indeed. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it, and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. 
This voice comes down from heaven. A small book with unknown contents is shown. It is clearly the word of God. God once told Ezekiel to eat all the words, then told him to testify of the book of the book that he ate. The Lord also said, Eat my flesh, eat the word. How would we know the facts that this is the word of God? Now look at Amos 3 verse 8. The Lord God had spoken, who can but prophesy? Then in Psalm 119, 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. He said that the word is sweet as honey. That is why the word is eaten. You must eat the word, for it is sweet like honey. We must not just listen to it, but we have to eat the word. And as you meditate, you have to regurgitate it like cows chew the cud. Only then it will taste like honey. In fact, food doesn't taste good when you just simply chew once or twice and swallow it. The more you chew, the better it tastes. The same goes for the word of God. In the Bible, the taste of God's word is like milk in 1 Corinthians 3, and strong meat in Hebrews 5, and like bread in Luke 4. And Psalm 119 says it's like honey, and Proverbs 25 says it's like an apple. Just as the food of the world has vitamins, meats, and all kinds of uh, vegetables and fish and meat, so are the words of God. I have to, I personally have to eat it all. If you only drink milk, you won't grow. Strong meats, the book of Revelation is a strong, solid food. Only by eating this food can you become healthy and don't become discouraged in the world and become a soldier of the cross who does not blink an eye no matter what happens. So does the word of God keep us from my sins and yours? Or is my sin preventing me from seeing his word? Do I overcome this sin with the word? Or does sin rule over me? This ultimately depends on whether you eat the word of God or not. That's why the Apostle Paul told us to put on the full armor of God. And we are told to wear the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the shoes of the gospel of peace, and the helmet of salvation. Therefore, we must wear the belt of truth with the word of God and gain strength. After all, we if we leave the Bible without reading it and meditating on it, if we just toss it in the house, toss it in the trunk of the car and leave it in the bathroom, or on a coffee table in the living room, sin catches up with us. The old evil personalities will attack again. Satan will turn to these things of lying and stealing with anger to bring you back to your old ways. He will even make you doubt whether you are saved or not. Also, you will not bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and you will not be used by God. We will be able to overcome sin, and our spirit will become healthy when we eat the words of God, like honey, meat, milk, and vegetables. Why is the word sweet in your mouth, but bitter in the stomach? If you eat all these words to testify of the Lord and point out the sins, you will be persecuted.
you're a sinner and must be saved. People hate it when you preach it like this. They hate sins being pointed out. That is why the word is sweet in the mouth, but bitter in the stomach. The Apostle Paul said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Those who abide in the word and testify to the word, that is, those who evangelize, will be persecuted. Those who continue to testify to the book of Revelation will suffer persecution. Religion is always popular, are they not? Hiding the inner wickedness without showing it. Always saying nice things, flattering people with charismatic ear-itching talks. Everything will get better. This is how you become popular. But the Bible is never popular. Religion is the most popular book for the unsaved. But the Bible is called hate literature. People hate the Bible, the Word of God, because it points out sins, saying they'll go to hell, they'll fall into the lake of fire as it mentions the devil and eventually the book disciplines them. When you eat the words of Revelation like Apostle John, it is sweet in our mouth and God will bless you. But when you digest this and witness it, the unsaved people will surround you with, what are you talking about? Why are you telling me these terrifying things? And why are you talking about hell, devil, and lake of fire at times like this? They don't want to hear it. That's why it's bitter when you digest it. But do you want God's blessings? Or do you want to be popular among the people? This is the same for the layman or the servant of the Lord. That blessing is not received now, but on the day of Christ when the Lord comes. The Apostle Paul said that I want to be praised on the day of Christ. His last hope was for that day. Therefore, just as Job was blessed in his final year, just as Israel was blessed in the final year, God's children who believe in Jesus Christ may not enjoy the blessings now, but even if they are being persecuted now, when we preach the word and help even one more person stand on the Lord's side and receive salvation, the Lord's blessing will overflow on the day of Christ. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ that you will enjoy these blessings of God. Amen.